Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Happy Friday! Boy, it feels good to say that. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Glad you are back with us. And yes, we have... An upbeat story to start to start the broadcast today. We will delve into those. Of course, we will also talk about what is going on in the news, the ongoing challenge we face in the Middle East. Airstrikes from the U.S. overnight. Is this a preview of coming attractions and perhaps a broader war? We know what happens several weeks ago that alarmed people around the world. We need to pay special attention to what's happening right here in the United States of America. Jews are not completely safe here either. We'll talk about the threat, the homeland threat, that interestingly enough, the mainstream media and, frankly, presidential leadership don't seem to be too concerned about. We will share a really, really powerful column with you, which I think really needs to be widely distributed so people understand what's going on. We'll have an update on Robert Card. I was seeing things overnight indicating they may have had this guy trapped somewhere. Uh, No such luck. He's still on the run. And now there is the concern that, who knows, he may actually be on the way to or have already crossed the border into another country. We'll talk about this. The new leadership in the House already up and running. A significant development. That indicates Republicans are getting back to work after losing a few weeks. Also, an interesting story about the factions of the Republican Party and the likelihood these problems are not going to go away just because there is a new speaker. A warning about what could happen if if we end up going to war. The concern about economic damage. We have a real treat for Faith Focus Friday. I'm going to share a couple of items, one of them on a subject that we so desperately need to understand. I think this is probably one of the most singular things that would impact relationships all over if this is something we carry with us every single day. See, you want to hear about this now, don't you? Also, we'll have a conversation with our good friend, Brett Winterbull. He'll join us coming up in the next hour. Just some of the things that I hope to get to today. (laughs) This is another one of those days where I feel like there's just way too much. But I want to begin here. We have an update, apparently, on what is going on in Maine. Uh, Let's go ahead and take this live. Victims and families involved in this senseless tragedy. Thank you, and I'll turn it back over to Mike. 
Thank you, I appreciate that. So I, I guess for starters, uh, I want to make sure that we always take a moment to acknowledge uh, the victims, their families, and how this is uh, negatively impacting uh, the state of Maine, uh, the city of Lewiston, and really our entire country. But we know when these things uh, occur around our country, we are all so incredibly focused on what happened, and then we try to get to the why. And there are certainly times when we can't quite figure out the why, uh, because every one of these situations is so tragic, uh, so outside of the norm, uh, that it makes it difficult uh, for community members of all types, in all locations, East Coast, West Coast, it doesn't matter, to fathom how these kind of things could occur uh, in the greatest country in the world. Uh, so we're gonna continue to work towards that. And as a piece of this, uh, I wanted to come in and, and uh, really speak to the partnership uh, that we are committed to to have with you. Uh, and as we start to uh, really flow into an operational period, we have more of a pattern to see what we're doing day in and day out. Uh, I'm going to commit to you to have a morning briefing uh, every day at 10 o'clock right here uh, in this location. Uh, as you can imagine, some of those briefings may be imagine some of those briefings may be longer than others. Uh, but I want you to know that you're going to see us in the morning. Uh, so, and we're going to go over what happened overnight, and we're going to kind of talk about what the plan of the day is. Uh, and I'll speak to that plan of the day uh, here in just a second. Uh, I would also say that uh, we will certainly be considering afternoon briefings as well. Uh, if something new came up or something uh, that we believe uh, would be helpful for you to know and the communities to know, uh, then we'll uh, get back to you. Either way, uh, you will receive a communication from our PIO, Shannon Moss, uh, either saying we're going to have a briefing or we're not, uh, so that you kind of have uh, some idea of what your day and your afternoon is going to look like as well. So I would also say that uh, these daily briefings, as you can imagine, will be more operational in nature, uh, that our families, our communities, our loved ones are always going to be in the forefront of our mind and certainly in our hearts. Uh, but we do want to talk to you about this is what we're going to do, this is what we did, because uh, I know that's incredibly important to you. Uh, and then you're going to share that appropriately with, uh, with your viewers, with your readers, uh, and that's going to help everybody start that healing process as well. I know uh, that information is power. Uh, you also know uh, that there's going to be times that I won't be able to give you all the information that you need, or certainly that you want. Uh, and that won't be done. You've been listening to Mike Soschuk who is the Maine Department of Safety Commissioner. And I think what he's addressing this morning is just a concern about the dissemination of information. As you know, when you have a fluid situation like this, in this case, someone who is armed and dangerous and people wanting information on what's really going on, there's a lot of anxiety out there and people wanting answers. They want answers to questions and this is what they're attempting to address this morning. If there's any additional information that comes from this, we will certainly pass it on to you. It's gratified to see a story in the Charlotte Observer about a missing teen who is now home. This teen was found with a sex offender 750 miles away from home. Can you imagine this experience as a parent. In fact, I'm watching a show now on, can't even remember which channel this is. I think it's on Peacock, on NBC. It's called Found. And it's, it's a very well done show. 
but it's reminded me and sparked thoughts of, you know, just raising the question, what must it be like for a family to experience the disappearance of a child? This story, an Indian trail teen last seen leaving her home 12 days ago, has been found in Missouri inside a registered sex offender's car. Man. Missouri authorities found Lauren Heath, only 16 years old, with Christopher James Porter in a Lowe's parking lot in Kirkwood near the St. Louis metropolitan area, 750 miles away from her home here in North Carolina. She had her mother's phone number, and police helped contact her parents. Her father telling WSOC before he boarded a plane to Missouri, I can barely talk. My heart is beating out of my chest just to know my baby has been found located safe. You want to talk about sending chills down your spine? This suspect, Porter, previously charged with numerous offenses in Missouri. He's going to face more now, of course. Porter met Heath on an anonymous social messaging app and took advantage of comments she made about stress and wanting to run away. (sighs) Porter convinced her to run away and drove from Oklahoma to Monroe to get her. The family's Ring doorbell camera recorded Heath leaving her home with a backpack and tote bag around 4 p.m. Friday, October 13th, the day she was reported missing. The Porter Ridge High School student had been seen walking down Seafin Court toward Unionville, Indian Trail Road, and Indian Trail's Glendalow neighborhood. This is about 20 miles southeast of Charlotte. Billboards with the teen's face populated interstate shoulders from Union County to Charlotte Center City since she was reported missing. Monroe Police Department thanked the public and other departments, calling them tremendous and immeasurably helpful in finding Heath. Kirkwood police found her using good old-fashioned police work. They've asked the public to respect the family's privacy as they navigate a challenging recovery process saying they are very thankful for this school community that supports each other. That's what her school posted on Facebook Wednesday evening. So very thankful tonight. And we share that sense of thankfulness that Lauren is safely home. We're very, very thankful. If you'd like to join the conversation on the Vince Coakley radio program, 704-570-1110 is our number, 704-570-1110. You know, it's so interesting when I find that people are on the same page in the things that we discuss here. And in this case, what I'm about to discuss, Chris, writing in on social media, (laughs) The devil's using social media to ruin our kids. If you're letting your child go in the room with a TV, with a cell phone, and close the door, you're responsible for the outcome of your child's behavior. I know this from personal experience. Chris, you have no idea where I was going next. But it's very timely, especially in light of what you just heard about this young lady who is now safely home. We're very thankful for that. 
but the role of social media certainly cannot be ignored, can it? I remind you again in that particular story. What happened? This young lady connected with this sex offender on an anonymous social messaging app. And the offender took advantage of comments she made about stress and wanting to run away. Folks, Chris has a really good point here about what's going on with social media. It's a dangerous place. It's not just about innocent posts of food and travel. There are very dark things going on. Interestingly enough, my next story. The Observer reporting on the fact that North Carolina has joined the lawsuit against Instagram and Meta over the effects on kids of social media. North Carolina Attorney General Josh Stein announcing in Charlotte that we've now joined that lawsuit against social media giant Meta, the company that owns Facebook and Instagram. This is a lawsuit filed by 33 attorneys general from across the country alleging the company knowingly exploited young users, collected data from them without their parents' consent, and misled the public about risks. Other attorneys general filing lawsuits in their own states. Stein saying Meta doesn't see young kids as children to be protected. They see them as dollar signs to be exploited. And they've been using these technologies to do just that. Making money, harming America's young people. Here in North Carolina, this has been under investigation for a couple of years. Right now, it requires a great deal of discovery to get documents to review what their internal policies were, what their knowledge about the harms were, to interview a number of whistleblowers and other important witnesses. A very comprehensive investigation. And the principal allegation is, Meta has attracted young users with addictive features. I want you to think about this for a moment. Addictive features. How aggressive... Has our government been toward cigarette smoking as it relates to young people? Quite aggressive. And even adults for that matter. We're talking about young people whose brains are not completely formed. Addictive features. The complaint, all of 228 pages of it, says the business model is based on maximizing the time young users spend on its social media platforms. Meta targets young users and incentivizes its employees to develop ways to increase the time that young users spend on its platforms. The more time young users spent on Instagram and Facebook, the more Meta earns by selling advertising targeted to those users. Features like an infinite scroll on Instagram, push notifications, and ephemeral stories have kept kids hooked. The app's algorithms push young users back to psychologically and emotionally gripping content, including some tied to eating disorders, violence, body image issues, 
and bullying. And the complaint goes on to say that Meta has flouted the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act by unlawfully collecting the personal data of its youngest users without their parents' permission. In an emailed statement, Meta says it shared goals with the attorneys general, adding the company is disappointed this lawsuit was filed. Well, of course they are. We share the attorneys general commitment to providing teens with safe, positive experiences online and have already introduced over 30 tools to support teens and their families. <laughs> We're disappointed that instead of working productively with companies across the industry to create clear, age-appropriate standards for the many apps teens use, the attorneys general have chosen this path. The attorneys general asking the court for injunctive and monetary relief. We want changes made to the apps so they're not addictive and they don't harm young people across the country. This is the goal of the lawsuit against Meta. We want much more transparency to parents about how their children are using the platform and what risks there are to that use. We want civil penalties to punish Meta for its indifference and to deter it and other companies from doing this in the future. In terms of where I would like this country to be in five years, is there to be uniform rules to protect young people that apply to all social media platforms. Those could be nationwide regulations on what data social media companies are allowed to collect and how they are allowed to operate. Stein and other attorneys general are still investigating TikTok for similar allegations. Boy, that's going to be a cesspool. States have pushed for more documents and information after TikTok failed to adequately respond to their initial discovery requests. So stay tuned for that one. Still to come in the broadcast, we will delve into developments in the Middle East, what we were up to, at least with our military overnight. The concern about what could happen if we go into full-blown war, what this could actually do to our economy. Coming closer to home, we'll discuss what's happening to our communities, the impact of anti-Semitism. It's showing up everywhere. We'll share a really, really profound column with you. That much more as we continue the Vince Coakley radio program on this Friday. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program, 36 minutes after 10 o'clock. So what are we up to militarily? Well, the U.S. carried out airstrikes targeting two facilities linked to Iranian-backed militias in eastern Syria. This followed a series of drone and rocket attacks against U.S. forces in the region. According to the statement, these facilities have been used by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard and affiliated groups. The strikes carried out by a pair of F-16 fighter jets using precision-guided munitions targeted a weapons and ammunition storage facility in Abu Kamal near the border between Syria and Iraq. Our Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, characterizing 
the strikes ordered by President Joe Biden as narrowly tailored in self-defense and emphasized they are separate from the ongoing conflict in Gaza. He directly accused Iran of having a role in the attacks on U.S. forces, saying in the statement, Iran wants to hide its hand and deny its role in these attacks against our forces. We will not let them. Austin also promising further strikes if the attacks by Iran's proxies continue. I just want to ask you the question. They're saying this is unrelated. Do you... Do you believe this? Do you actually believe that the timing of this is pure coincidence? I mean, come on. Do they really believe that we are that ignorant? Apparently they do. And that's quite unfortunate. But I think it's also a reminder to us of how necessary it is that we prepare for what could be right around the corner. These things are not happening in a vacuum. The two facilities targeted by U.S. airstrikes in eastern Syria have been previously occupied by members of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and affiliated militia groups. Now, one official said... There were people on the target at various points during the day. We know they were not civilians. The people that occupy these locations are Iranian-aligned militia groups. A senior defense official called Iran the center of gravity for the attacks on U.S. forces in the region, saying Iranian fingerprints are all over this. Hmm. Whose fingerprints are also all over the attacks in Israel? Is there a question about who's involved in that? Of course not. Now, this administration tried to suggest there was some question mark as to whether the Iranians have any involvement. But their fingerprints are all all over these attacks, too. The entire thing. So we need to be prepared for the possibility this is leading to a broader war. What would be the price tag on this war? It's not just the price of conducting a war. It's also the price that we would pay here at home. ABC News reporting what a potentially wider Israel-Hamas war could mean for the U.S. economy. Already facing pocketbook stressors. Experts saying an escalation could actually plunge the U.S. into a recession. How about this for you? You think gas prices are bad now? There is the real possibility gas prices could soar above $5 a gallon, triggering an overall surge of inflation and plunge the U.S. economy into a recession. A conflict that ensnares the Middle East could send oil prices soaring, which in turn would hike costs not only for gasoline, but also for many consumer products that depend on diesel and jet fuel for transport. In the event, for example, of a potential outcome that puts Israel in direct conflict with Iran, a major oil producer, the resulting price shock could cause a U.S. economic downturn that triggers layoffs. Noting that significant uncertainty remains about the potential scope of the war and its economic implications. Stuart Glickman, an analyst 
at research from CFRA, telling ABC News it would probably push the U.S. economy into a ditch. Describing a scenario in which the war escalates to involve Iran. Glickman saying everywhere you look, it will be more expensive. It will feel like a really strong tax on our pocketbooks. This should not be a surprise to anybody. But it is a discussion we need to have because I think a lot of people are going to be wondering if this does go down the road of a broader conflict. People are going to be like, oh, what happened? Well, we'll tell you what happened. (laughs) There's a consequence, an economic consequence. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said geopolitical tensions are highly elevated and pose important risks to global economic activity. At the International Monetary Fund's annual meetings in Morocco earlier this month, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen downplayed the global economic impact of the war, but she told Bloomberg it's critically important that the conflict not spread. If the war spreads to the point of direct intervention from Iran and the United States, it could bring severe global economic consequences, spiking the price of oil to more than $150 a barrel and slowing economic activity as consumers and businesses contend with elevated prices. That's the word from Gregory Daco, the chief economist at consulting firm EY. Such an outcome could reduce U.S. inflation-adjusted GDP growth over a year-long period by 1.2%. That's $500 billion in lost production. So, something to keep in mind. We hope and pray this doesn't happen, but it could very well. Coming up, we're going to talk about the threat to Jews right here in the United States of America. Yes, you've seen these pro-Palestinian protests which need to be understood in the context of what they are. These are essentially anti-Israel protests. We'll have one perspective on this that I hope is more widely disseminated. We'll address that much more as we continue our Friday broadcast. You know, it's been very disconcerting to see the demonstrations going on in the country. These demonstrations, characterized as pro-Palestinian demonstrations, they are clearly anti-Israel, anti-Jew, as in anti-Semitic demonstrations. John Pedoris has a really good piece in the New York Post. And it's really a wake-up call to all of us. As we think about the events that took place in Germany, we do well to remember those events did not occur overnight. There was a slippery slope down the road to the deadly events that occurred that led to extermination. We need to pay attention to what's happening right now here in America. John Podoritz writes, rather than protecting Jews, we're being told to hide 
again. Imagine this. This is the United States of America. He says the day after Jewish college kids found it necessary to barricade themselves inside a library in the center of Greenwich Village, while a mob of repugnant terrorist lovers banged on the locked doors trying to get at them, the message is being broadcast that on this Sabbath, Jews in Brooklyn had better remain at home, stay inside, lock the doors. A pro-Palestinian protest is scheduled for 3 p.m. Saturday in front of the Brooklyn Museum. This is a mile from 770 Eastern Parkway, the headquarters of the largest ultra-Orthodox sect in the world. Roughly 20,000 observant Jews live around 770 in the neighborhood called Crown Heights. A security source said Jews should definitely avoid the area. This is a message from an ultra-Orthodox news site. A security source advised them, There's no intel at this time in which direction the protest will head. Locals should definitely stay away from Eastern Parkway in that area. The Jews of Brooklyn feel they are at risk. And this is the implicit corollary. They could not be protected. Lawyer Gerald Felitti held a news conference announcing Jewish students at Cooper Union who were hiding in a library during a pro-Palestinian protest. They're going to file a lawsuit against the school, as well they should. On the Sabbath, observant Jews do not use electricity, vehicles, or screens of any kind to pass the time on a Sabbath afternoon. They often go on a long walk, not this weekend. As the security source said, after all, who knows which direction the mob will go. Better for the Jews to stay inside. Just as it has become a matter of life and death for them to stay inside back in 1991 in the very same neighborhood. What everyone is afraid of is a repeat of August 1991 in Crown Heights that year, a three-day anti-Jewish riot followed a tragic automobile accident that took the life of a seven-year-old black child after he was hit by a car being driven by a Hasidic Jew. Not only were 38 Jews beaten, seven Jewish-owned businesses looted and burned to the ground. A mob chanted, let's go get a Jew. Then they did. They murdered an Australian doctoral student, Yankel Rosenbaum, stabbing him, smashing in his skull. At Cooper Union in Greenwich Village, on Wednesday, the kids barricaded inside for their own safety saw members of the pro-terror mob glaring at them through glass doors. Those kids heard taunts from outside and knew, as every Jew knows, down to our multi-millennial marrow, that any of them at any moment could be Yankel Rosenbaum. Stay inside. Bar the doors. Why do you think the marchers are meeting near Crown Heights anyway? This is why. Their purpose isn't to call for a ceasefire or to advocate for the Palestinian people. Their purpose is to make known what October 7th made known. There will be no peace or security for any Jew anywhere in the world if they get their way. And rather than feeling certain the NYPD will protect them, they're learning the lesson American Jews have almost never felt the need to learn. Stay inside. Mind the mob. The monsters are here. Hide.
That's what happened in 1991. For two days after the car accident, the cops did almost nothing except except stand by. Due to the orders of a feckless and foolish mayor and his spineless police commissioner. I believe that was David Dinkins, the mayor of New York City at the time. Unless, that is, they tried to intervene to help people and were beaten themselves. More than 100 police officers were injured during that pogrom. In the end, thousands of cops were finally committed to the effort. The riot ended. So eventually did the feckless mayor's career. Thank God. In 2023, three weeks after Jews in Israel were set upon by marauders who murdered 1,400 and injured nearly three times that many, in cities around the world and now in New York, the Jews outside Israel are under attack as never before in recent history, rather than finding themselves protected as never before. No, they must stay inside, like Anne Frank, trapped for two years in an attic because any outdoor public breath would mean capture and death. And captured anyway because someone in the house below the attic ratted the Frank family out. Stay inside. Like the pianist. Played by Adrian Brody and the pianist 20 years ago who did not talk to another person for more than a year as he remained silent and all but motionless in a room in Warsaw after his family was deported and slaughtered at Treblinka. In my 62 years of life, I've thought every day the blessing America's been to the Jewish people, a blessing unlike any my people have ever known. And this, the most Jewish city in the world outside of Israel, has been a blessing as well. At this moment, though, the Jews had better hide. I cannot tell you how terrifying that is. John Pedoritz, writing for the New York Post. It's time for us all to do some self-examination because we need to decide and decide now where we stand as it relates to all people. Are we going to allow mobs? And I don't care what the mob is to bully, to intimidate, and God forbid to attack anybody in our communities. Love to get your thoughts as we continue the broadcast. Still ahead, we have Faith Focus Friday, and we'll have an update on what's going on in Congress. People were actually working. There's a novel idea. <laughs> Stay with us for news. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hour number two of our broadcast. A lot to talk about still. I'm not sure how much of this we will actually get to, but let's begin with Faith Focus Friday. And I have a couple of items for this. I'm debating which one to share first. Let's go with a lighter one first. (laughs) Dr. Steve Crosby, the author of both of these, the first, he says it's amazing to me how easily human communication gets distorted. 
People hear what they want to hear through the filters of their passions, desires, and their pains, sorrows. Think of this for your own life. We hear out of desires and sorrows. Not necessarily what was said. It's an, as old a phenomenon as the garden narrative. It is also evidence of language being included in the fall, something we don't consider very often. See, a lot of times, when you hear conversations about the fall, we think of the conversation about Adam and Eve and how, you know, sin came into the world, and we think about people sinning. We forget about the broader issue of relational disconnect, because that's really the most significant thing that happened. The relational disconnect between human beings and God. And therefore, what's going to be the natural result of that? If we're broken in our communication with him, guess what else is going to happen? We're going to be connected, disconnected from each other. Duh. Steve goes on. This is why only 7% of effective human communication is verbal. 7%. And why social media contributes to antisocial incivility. Boy, that's stunning, isn't it? Yet our entire Western view of life, human learning and relationship, is built upon that constitutionally defective 7%. No wonder we can't get along. We've never been taught how to do it. Just the endless aggregation of information. Interesting, isn't it? But we have this, and this I want to stay with you. If nothing else on this program, I really want you to take this in. I love this. Because I've been reminded of this over and over and over again. You know, one of the most lacking things in our society right now, it's mercy. I think one of the dumbest things that we human beings can say is talking about getting what we deserve. I I just don't use that language. I don't. I don't want what I deserve. I want mercy. Let me share specifically. Steve's post here is so in mercy, reap the same. All my life, I've been astounded at the most practical display of the reality of God being his repetitively saving me from myself and my stupidity. It's like having an invisible partner having your back, and in the most real ways, either not allowing your stupid behaviors from causing harm to yourself or others, or preventing your stupid thoughts and actions from occurring at all. It is salvation. It is deliverance. It's real. It's practical, it's powerful, it's amazing. He says, I truly pity believers who are obsessed with fighting Satan, the devil, spiritual warfare, the end times and all that. What a distraction. The biggest battle I face every day is between my ears and in my heart. I try not to be an idiot and a jackass in those two places and leave the cosmic stuff to him. I found two things. It's a full-time job. And two, sow in mercy. Reap the same when your actions deserve otherwise. Guaranteed. 
Isn't this true? And don't, please don't write in or call and say, oh, he's dismissing spiritual warfare. Nobody's doing that. But I'm telling you, and I've seen this in my own life, nobody, <laughs> nobody poses a bigger threat to me as me. And a good part of the time, it's God's mercy that spares me from the fruit of my thoughts, behavior, whatever. So, again, with this in mind, sow in mercy and reap the same. This means I have received mercy from God, but I also extend that to others. And my experience is the more you really have a, a sense of the mercy you've received, you tend to show that to others, don't you? That's my experience anyway. A few light items here. How about this? A new fast casual restaurant coming to Charlotte, north of Uptown, according to Axios Charlotte. This place will be called Jive Turkey Hut. <laughs> I'm serious. That's the name. The latest venture from Clarence Boston, the owner behind a few of Charlotte's highly anticipated bars, expected to open soon. Yeah, Jive Turkey Hut. That's a winner. Boston owns Atlanta-based Hip and Hops Brewery, which will open in Uptown this winter, also owns another brewery that will open in Noda in November. Plans to open Jive Turkey Hut the same week as another brewery. Boston aims to turn Jive Turkey Hut into Charlotte's version of the Turkey Leg Hut, a popular Houston restaurant that typically has lines wrapped around the building. The Turkey Leg Hut is known for its stuffed, smothered, and sauced turkey legs. Some other dishes include a shrimp Alfredo turkey leg and crawfish macaroni, macaroni and cheese turkey leg. By the next two years, we want to offer a similar concept. We're hoping to pull this off while still trying to make it affordable for everyone, according to Clarence Boston. Does that sound appetizing? I saw pictures of these turkey legs, by the way. They looked really interesting. Stuffed. Really intriguing. How about this? Tiny restaurant in Georgia, garnering national attention, charging a hefty fee to customers for bad parenting. Tacoa Riverside Restaurant in the Blue Ridge Mountains slapped the warning right on its menu. It reads, adult surcharge for adults unable to parent. Ooh. Online reviews of the restaurant are littered with examples of angry parents claiming they were either charged or chastised by the restaurant for what the staff perceived to be unruly and disruptive children. If you have children, absolutely avoid this place at all costs. Holy moly! The most respect disrespectful owner made a huge scene in front of the entire restaurant because our children were running through the restaurant. They were down by the river. We were told... We need to go to Burger King and Walmart and that we're bad parents. They have a $50 surcharge for bad children. We were a group of 21, and our server was amazing and was overly apologetic. Terrible business practice. We will never go back. $50. You better make sure your kids behave themselves. And in the musical world... What's going on in the musical world? 60 years 
after the onset of Beatlemania. And with two of the quartet now dead, Artificial Intelligence has enabled to release next week what is promised to be the last new Beatles song. The track called Now and Then. It'll be available Thursday, November 2nd as part of a single paired with Love Me Do, the very first Beatles single that came out 1962 in England. Now and Then comes from the same batch of unreleased demos written by the late John Lennon which were taken by his former bandmates to construct the songs Free as a Bird and Real Love, released in the mid-90s. Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, George Harrison worked on Now and Then in the same sessions, but technological limitations stood in the way. Well, now with the help of artificial intelligence, director Peter Jackson cleared those problems up by separating Lennon's original vocals from a piano used in the late 70s. The much clearer vocals allowed McCartney and Starr to complete the track last year. The survivors packed plenty into it. The new single contains guitar that Harrison had recorded nearly three decades ago, a new drum part by Starr, with McCartney's bass, piano, and a slide guitar solo he added as a tribute to Harrison, who died in 2001. McCartney and Starr sang backup. McCartney also added a string arrangement written with help of Giles Martin, son of the late Beatles producer George Martin. And if that wasn't enough, they weaved in backing vocals from the original Beatles recordings of Here, There, and Everywhere, Eleanor Rigby, and Because. McCartney said in the announcement there, it was John's voice crystal clear, quite emotional. We all play on it. It's a genuine Beatles recording in 2023 to still be working on Beatles music and about to release a new song the public haven't heard. It's an exciting thing. Are you going to check it out? I'd love to hear. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back of the Vince Coakley Radio Program, 21 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. You'd like to join the conversation. 704-570-1110 is our phone number. You can also connect with me, Vince Coakley, on X. That's at Vince Coakley, C-O-A-K-L-E-Y. You can also look for the Facebook connection. Just look for the page with me behind a microphone that's how you know you have the correct one we have the distinct privilege of being joined right now by the afternoon host here on news talk 1110 and 99.3 wbt none other than brett winterbull hosts from 3 to 7 p.m good morning and welcome to the broadcast again sir hey it's great to be with you vince how are you Hey, doing doing very well, especially since it's Friday, right? You can't do any better oh, than that. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. I want to talk about something that I've shared on this broadcast that I've had the sense, and, and I've been saying this the last few months, that I really believe that we're at a place with the time between now, and I said this a few months ago, and... January of 2025 will be a very dangerous time period for the United States of America. 
this is a window of time where people know the enemies of this country, especially recognize that we have a weak and feckless Joe Biden as our president. And if you want to do something that is destructive, you want to do something deadly, you want to do something uh, to make some moves on the chessboard. Now is the time. Um, am I way off on this, Brett Winterbull? No, no, you're not. You're not way off at all. You're exactly right over the target. And uh, it, it's great to be with you. Uh, we we assumed a very serious responsibility after 1945. We became uh, essentially the uh, the driving force for freedom and liberty around the world. And remember, Franklin Delano Roosevelt fought that war, fought World War II, and and had had polio and and had been infirmed and had faced challenges. And um, he was able to effectively carry out all the challenges in his life. And, and to shepherd us towards a, a victory that Harry Truman would, would then guarantee with the atomic bomb. And uh, that was the last time that really there were any secrets. Uh, there is no secret uh, in this country right now. We're an open book for, for good or for bad. Uh, people see Joe Biden on the public stage. Uh, people understand that he is a, a diminished president in terms of faculties, and I don't say that with any joy. I, I want to root for my presidents, even if I profoundly disagree with them. But I want them to be strong. And the world sees this president. The world also sees this vice president. And this world also sees that this is a president and a vice president who played footsie with the Iranians, as did Barack Obama and Joe Biden. And, you know, the old song, the old famous song from the 60s about the snake how can you be surprised when the snake when the snake turns and tries to kill you or does kill you? This is a dangerous regime in Iran, and they are sponsoring a whole lot of really bad hombres. And a diminished president is not carrying the capacity he needs to carry in this world today. I'm certainly with you on this. Am I missing something here? Because every communication I've heard out of this administration, they really seem to be soft walking this whole issue with Iran, um, trying to say that what happened overnight in regard to what we've done with our military action, um, you know, this is unrelated to Israel. What kind of an idiot is going to believe that these things are unrelated? They're all related, aren't they? Everything, everything's interconnected. Everything is interconnected. The economy is interconnected. Uh, the international policies that are being carried out are, are interconnected. The weakness is interconnected. They understand. They see what's going on. Um, remember, Joe Biden, you could go back to, to, the, to the days of him being the vice president of the United States. Joe Biden and Barack Obama tried to run Bibi Netanyahu out of office because they wanted a more liberal... I remember person. that. Yes. I mean, they... They, you want to talk about the original uh, election interference? What they did with Bibi Netanyahu was was shameful. It was shameful. Um, imagine if we found out that Bibi Netanyahu was trying to overthrow Joe Biden in the United States. I mean, it would be cataclysmic for for the relationship <laughs> and all of that. But 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 we decided we could be like you know overthrowing Allende and United Fruit Company and all that sort of stuff that that went on in Latin America, except. As important as Latin America is, and, I, and it, is, it is fabulously important, this place where we're playing right now is a powder keg. Um, this, is, this is 300 tons of gunpowder 
and Joe Biden and Hunter are walking through smoking cigarettes. And I think they don't understand, or maybe they do understand this um, too well, uh, what it is that, that what's going to happen. Because we, we have a wide open border. We have troops deployed throughout the Middle East in hostile places. We have troops in Syria. We have troops in Iraq. And this is truly Iran's neighborhood. This is their neighborhood. And, and just like a member of a set or a, or, a, or a gang would be careful to travel into another gang's territory, um, this is the same sort of thing that's going to play out here. And I don't get a strategic vision from anybody. I get, I get Jake Sullivan bragging that the Middle East is more stable than ever before. <laughs> I get Tony, Tony Blinken. I mean, Tony, if Tony Blinken came in and sat across the table from you, Vince, I know you, you would be polite, you would be pleasant, you would be nice, and you would take him for all he's got because he's that kind of guy. <laughs> and you do it with a smile. I'm fully with you on this. It's it's sad. It really is sad to watch. We have actually less than a minute left in the segment for our break. Uh, what's your prediction about what's going to end up happening here with this ground war and otherwise? Are we going to get drawn into a broader war, including the United States with boots on the ground? I, I don't think so. Um, from the Israeli perspective, I don't think so. But I also believe numbers are very important, especially in that part of the world. Tomorrow will be, right, tomorrow will be, what's today, the, uh, the uh, 27th? 27th, yes. 27th. Tomorrow's the 28th, four weeks since they got hit, and they've restrained themselves. And now they're doing incursions. I think we're going to see this happening this weekend, probably tonight, tomorrow morning. Um, they're going to hit back because time is of the essence. They understand what the Iranians are trying to do. And, um, you know, you, you look at this and they're, they're not asking for American troops to be on the ground. They're not. Uh, if they're allowed to do what they need to do to root out Hamas, this will go quickly. But if they're not allowed, and the press gets in the way, and the protests, and all that sort of stuff, and the fifth column that is probably infiltrated into the United States through our southern border, um, this this could be a catastrophe uh, in a big way. We could see something akin to uh, uh, the Tet Offensive um, in in uh, in Vietnam, where people are just coming in from under the wire everywhere. And let's let's hope that that's not going to be the case. We hope and pray not. Brett Winterbull uh, hosts. This afternoon, 3 to 7 p.m., right here on News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Thanks a lot for coming on the broadcast. Always enjoy talking with you, man. It's my pleasure. God bless you, man. I appreciate you being there. So now we have a border alert up for Canada. This is as a result of the main killer, Robert Card, and the continued search for him. He left behind a cell phone to throw cops off his scent after killing 18 people. We've learned he apparently become obsessed with stock market crashes and Biden before the massacre. What in the world? The Canadian Border Services Agency has issued an armed and dangerous alert to its officers along the Canada-U.S. border. Armed and dangerous alert. FBI agents staged a dramatic raid on a family property on Thursday night, but Card remains on the run. 
Experts warn the 40-year-old deer hunter and army reservist was well-equipped to survive in the wild and could even be planning a new attack. He left his cell phone behind to leave uh, to throw people off. What kind of women are in? This was a pretty clever strategy. His online search history contained conspiracy theories, plus showed fears about a financial crisis and plunge in the stock market. LGBTQ plus issues, gun rights and commentary about Democratic public officials, including President Joe Biden. So this saga continues, and we hope and pray this man is safely captured very, very soon without any further death and destruction. That is our hope and prayer. Congress back at work. Mike Johnson, the new speaker, putting out a statement yesterday evening. The Energy and Water Appropriations Act passage proves that Republicans are getting back to work. This is one of the 12 appropriations bills Republicans want to pass to put pressure on congressional Democrats and President Joe Biden to negotiate. Johnson saying in a written statement, this proves Republicans are quickly moving to enact their legislative agenda to better the American people. This is the first step in getting our appropriations done. I promise we were going to get back to work for the American people, and we have now proven it. And there's a list here of deadlines where they hope to approve the rest of these appropriations bills. This has been one of my things I've been on for quite some time. They have not done this process the right way in terms of budgeting for the year. This has not been done. I think it's been several, uh, a couple of decades since it's actually happened. Wouldn't it be awesome if we can see a change here? Axios has an interesting piece talking about the GOP's honeymoon and how it won't last long after the election of Speaker Mike Johnson. Something it might take a new batch of Republicans to restore long-term peace. Yeah, it'll take that all right. How about getting rid of all of the Republicans who do not believe in the Republican platform? How about getting rid of every single solitary Republican with a liberty score less than 70? That would change Washington significantly. No scores below 70. Republicans privately acknowledge it's going to be extremely difficult for some members to get past the new grudges created during the 22-day speaker vacancy. Ultimately, what may end up happening, you have to get back in the minority to clean the House. That's what one GOP lawmaker said of what may need to happen for members to get past the tensions. You're going to probably lose 20 Republican members so you can get a whole crop, and you've got to re-educate. Boy, I wonder who said this. Former Speaker Pro Tem, Pat McHenry. Remember him? He called the ouster of former Speaker Kevin McCarthy perhaps the dumbest set of politics for decision-making a majority party in this institution could make. And the infighting back on yesterday with House Ways and Means Chair Jason Smith of Missouri slamming Matt Gates for introducing the motion to vacate that ousted McCarthy. 
saying Matt Gates is accusing Kevin McCarthy for everything that he's doing. The blood is on his hands for 22 wasted days for him to join with 100% of the Democrat Party to remove the Speaker of the House. He's all about himself. Gates repeatedly accused McCarthy of dragging out the process of selecting a new Speaker to retain power. On Thursday, he called Smith dishonest on his podcast. Members have accused different lawmakers and their allies of kneecapping each other to tank candidates. They're still fighting. A portion of the conference was outraged at McCarthy and House Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan accusing them of derailing House Majority Leader Steve Scalise's speaker nomination. Jordan critics slammed the Ohio Republicans' pressure tactics during his own nomination. They accused his allies of flooding the phone lines and social media of GOP defectors. Some lawmakers and their families reported getting death threats. Former President Trump and a handful of conservatives then attacked House Majority Whip Tom Emmer, accusing him of not being conservative enough. Emmer swiftly dropped out of the race. Clearly a lot of bad blood here. This is not going to go away very easily at all. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Friday. I... Something I absolutely must get to before the end of this broadcast. One of the reasons, because I uh, put Bernie to work on this project. (laughs) Bernie knows what I'm talking about here. You may have noticed this story in the news, and uh, to me, this is a broader question. And if you don't call in today, we can have this conversation another day. But I think it's kind of interesting what's happening in our society that... I think we're getting to a place, I hope we, well, kind of fantasy, that we really don't care as much about what's going on in people's personal lives. And this kind of resonated with me, and and actually I found it funny as I was watching. This is why I'm sharing it, because I want to know what you think. Do you agree? I'm just amused. This is about Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, the former NBA star, And as I understand, do I understand correctly, former Hornet for a season? Took to social media with a simple message for those who've been following his situation. A man has filed a lawsuit against Howard earlier this year accusing the eight-time All-Star of sexual assault. Howard responded to the claim in court documents that were leaked this week. In the documents, Howard admitted to engaging in sex acts with two men but said everything was consensual. So yesterday he takes to Instagram to respond to all of this. Before this was a court filing, now he's speaking. And I'd like to know what you think. Here is Dwight Howard and his rant. Y'all can stop with the nonsense. Worry about all this bull crap. Mind your business. What they say you going on dates with dudes, bro. Why the hell do you or anybody care who the hell I spend my time with? That's the problem with y'all people. Y'all worrying about who people spend their time with. Whatever I'm doing in my bedroom is my damn business. 
whatever you doing in your bedroom is your damn business. That ain't for everybody. And everybody don't need to know. You ain't got to say anything about what you're doing in your house. It's your house. You ain't got to explain that to nobody. No matter what they say, they can say anything. Who gives two Y'all too damn nosy worried about what I'm doing in my bed. Hell, the people who know what's going on in my bed, they know what the hell going on with my bed and what the hell I do in it. That ain't for everybody on the internet. That ain't for no blogs. That ain't for no websites. I don't got to tell nobody where I put my wood at since y'all want to get to it. That ain't nobody business where I put my at. Y'all just weird. If you want to know what people doing in their bedroom and who they messing with and sleeping with, you are weird. You're the weird one. Oh, y'all heard about that, Dwight? They said Dwight was in a oh, text messaging a guy. Who cares? Who cares who I was text messaging? You just mad because I want text messaging. Yo, ugly. <laughs> That's what it is. Worrying about the wrong stuff. Focus on you. Worrying about who in somebody's bed and what they doing in their own bedroom. It ain't your bed. You ain't gonna never get in my bed. So stop worrying about it. <laughs> worrying about because I don't gotta deny it. I don't gotta talk about none of that crap. It didn't even happen. You worry about the wrong stuff. That's why it's called an accusation. Allegedly. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. You know, one of the and, and I've thought this plenty of times over the years, that there's something kind of voyeuristic about many of us wanting to know the full details about people's business. <laughs> and I just couldn't help but to uh, share this with you because I think uh, I found it amusing, and who knows, you may as well. Um, I think you probably had fun with this, didn't you, Bernie? It was fantastic. I just <laughs> loved cutting it up, bleeping out all those words. Yeah, there was plenty to bleep yeah, out, was, too. There was a few. I just Anytime I was talking about this with Pete, anytime I, I do edit audio, I always take a breath and make sure that I got every single Everything. one. Because I'm worried that I missed one. So, oh gosh. yeah, very interesting. That it is for sure. I, I do want to ask you, because you're in a different generation than I am, are yeah. people caring less and less about this kind of thing? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think, you know, when it comes to me at least, I care more about the person than what they do, you know, personally on their own time. As long as I'm not being, you know, forced into anything, I think, you know, I just, I try to respect people's, you know, personal lives for the most part, you know? Yep. I hear you. I think everybody should do that. I am with you on that. Let's take a look at the day in history on this Friday. A total of eight items here. 1873, Joe Glidden applied for a patent for this. Uh, this is something you put up when you want to keep people out. A lot of times it's on a farm, and you could hurt yourself severely. If is you it run barbed wire? Barbed wire. You're you absolutely go. right. Patent for this in 1873. Hmm. Uh, main way a lot of people get around in uh, New York City, their first line opened in 1904. 
uh, would that be the subway? S- the subway is absolutely correct. Oh, right. 1975, the AMA endorsed this to save people from choking. This is um, something I've actually seen uh, someone do on a job interview I was on one time. Really? Is it the Heimlich Maneuver? The Heimlich Maneuver, yes. You saw that in a job interview. My future boss was choking on an appetizer, and the GM of the station did the Heimlich Maneuver and and uh, saved him. That's incredible. Oh, How many that? people can say they've seen a life save? Oh, my gosh. That was yeah. bizarre. Yeah, yeah. 1982, this... Um, Rival of ours, their population hit one billion in 1982. China? It's yes, you're correct. It's 1.4 billion now. 1988. Um, after uh, spying concerns in Moscow with the facility we built, practically new U.S. embassy, this president decided let's just tear the whole thing down and build another one. You said 1988. 88. Was it Clinton? That's too. Oh, that's too. Uh, that it's Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Okay. Ronald Reagan. 1994. Unfortunately, our prison population exceeded 1 million. 97 stock markets crashed around the world on fears of a global economic collapse. And 2004. This team reversed the curse, winning the World Series first time since 1918. Boston Red Sox. Boston Red Sox. And that's all the time we have, folks. Thanks very much for joining us. Have yourselves a great weekend, and God bless you. Adios.